Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Lionsgate Podcast with Saudi and Omni. I'm Omni. And I'm Saudi. And today's season finale is all about shadow work. We're going to talk about what shadow work is, how to identify your shadow, the good parts of it, the techniques you can do, stories about people working through their shadow demons. And by the end of this episode, you will not only understand what shadow work is and how to do it, but you will be excited to do it and to be free and whole with yourself. But first, if you guys have any questions or stories you want to share to us, go ahead and hit us up on our email at sodinomni at gmail.com. That's S-A-H-D-I-A-N-D-O-M-N-I at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our Facebook, which is Lionsgate Podcast with Saudi and Omni, or even on our TikTok, which is Saudi and Omni, where we do highlights from our episodes. If you'd like to connect to Saudi for a reading or a spiritual bath or any of her very many talents, you can hit her up on her personal website at sacredflame.love. So we're going to start off by what is shadow work? First, I want to just try to put into words how to identify what the shadow is and where it comes from. Mm -hmm. So when we're born, we're born with different traits and personalities about ourselves. And over time, doesn't matter, you know, if you've had a terrible childhood or if you've had a great childhood, there are certain things because of life's lessons that even if they're good parts of yourself, if they're ever shamed, or told that they're wrong. And for any reason, you have like a traumatic event that happens in your life. Different parts of yourself go down into what's called the shadow aspect mm. of yourself. And people talk about there's three parts of us. There's the mind, body, and soul. And I actually think that there's four. I think it's mind, body, soul, and shadow mm -hmm. that makes us who we are. And over time during our life, we learn to disassociate ourselves from those other aspects of ourself that we feel shame with or embarrassment or we label that as bad mm -hmm. in some way. And as a whole, we are not bad or good. We have both within us, every single one of us. And so the point of shadow work is to integrate both aspects of ourself mm -hmm. and love ourselves totally so right. we can become whole. Yin and yang. Exactly. It's the dark side of yourself or what you believe to be negative parts of yourself. The parts of you that you try to hide and deny within yourself. They're the parts that might not be serving you anymore, but served you at one time. Usually dark parts of yourself that are in the shadow are there to support you during times of trauma. They're mm -hmm. there when you're in survival mode. Mm -hmm. They come out to protect you. Mm -hmm. And then when you've gone past the trauma and you're not in that survival mode anymore, if you haven't dealt with the issues, the main problem mm -hmm. or issue that was there, it'll continue to pop up in your everyday life. Yeah. So that's why it's important to do the shadow work. Yeah. I think I deal with that a lot because I went through survival mode for a long time where I'm mm -hmm. working all these hours and I'm just doing, 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 doing. And then sometimes even now I'm like, man, how did I do that before? Oh, I because I had to, and I didn't bat an eye at it. I wasn't exhausted because I was stuck in survival mode. Well, now if I come to a point where I end up having to be busy, 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 I hit a wall mm -hmm. because I, I don't have the stamina that I did when I was in survival mode because it no longer serves me. I don't need to be in that 
right mindset and and like our mind is like a supercomputer, Mm -hmm. right when we're conscious that turns on and off because we go to sleep when we wake up so it has cycles Mm -hmm. but the subconscious part of your mind never sleeps Mm -hmm. it's awake 24 hours a day that is where your shadow resides is within your subconscious Mm -hmm. that's why things can pop up during the most inopportune times. Yeah, I remember I was at work and that guy was probably my dad's age, super big, aggressive, talked to me aggressively for no reason. Mm-hmm. And it triggered me to where I had a panic attack and bald at work. You have an unhealed part mm-hmm. of your shadow. That's and what we're you gonna said get, to me. We're really going to get into that later yeah. with you guys. And we're going to identify the shadow and identify the triggers and different yes. things like that that go along with it. But like I said, like we're like a supercomputer mm-hmm. and our subconscious is just constantly running. Mm-hmm. And so if you have like 50 open tabs at all times that you've just left open, doing shadow work is kind of like going back in and seeing those things that are left open and unresolved and not dealt with. And you have to go in and acknowledge that and close the tab mm-hmm. after you've worked through it. Because if you have all those tabs going, your whole life is just going to lag. Yeah. So. Your body, your your mm-hmm. mind, your soul. Exactly. All of it. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So we can talk about identifying okay. the shadow. Yeah. You can dream analyze. So dreams provide insight into the shadow. The unconsciousness often communicates through symbols and images, and they can reveal your desires or your fears. One way that seems, I think, less common is to analyze dreams. Mm-hmm. and see where maybe you have a fear that you didn't know or a trigger in your dream that pops up and it like really grabs you mm-hmm. and you can analyze that because that is your subconscious trying to communicate to you and your subconscious doesn't speak the same language mm-hmm. as your conscious mind mm-hmm. so you really have to go deep if you think about it there's tons of books out there about how to analyze a dream to see mm-hmm. what it, what's the meaning behind it. There's psychology, mm-hmm. there's scientific proof that that is your subconscious trying to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. And if your shadow is a part of your subconscious, then that's just a way to you can identify it. Right. Another thing is in relationships. So let's say you have a really toxic relationship with your dad and mm-hmm. you're a female and there's daddy issues, you know, they talk right. about daddy issues. <laughs> And then you end up marrying the same person that has the same toxic traits Mm -hmm. as your father because of those unresolved issues. Exactly. We've talked about generational curses and all that. Well, that goes from unhealed shadow parts. Mm -hmm. Say I have daddy issues and I'm like, okay, this is what hurt me. This is what was toxic with my relationship with my dad. Obviously, I shouldn't go looking for a person with the same toxic traits. I should Mm -hmm. work on that, close that tab. And look for a healthier person that's good for me and not repeating that cycle. Exactly. I know it's really confusing. It was confusing for me when Mm -hmm. I first started learning about shadow work because Mm -hmm. there's so much information out there Mm -hmm. and so many different YouTube videos and books and everything. It's going to be different for everybody. And it's intimidating. It can be intimidating, too, because it's scary when Mm -hmm. you hear shadow work. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to relive this traumatic event. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people will be like, I've already dealt with that. I've already been through it. And I don't want to go back there and revisit it. Yep. And just with that sentence tells me that you need to go back and revisit it Mm -hmm. because you're getting aggressive about it. And you're, you know what I mean? You're scared to revisit it Mm -hmm. because you haven't healed that part of yourself through Mm -hmm. it yet. 
Yeah. So that's why shadow work is like really important mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And a lot of people also doubt that they even need shadow work mm-hmm. because they're like, well, I never went to war. You know, I don't right. have PTSD. Shadow work is for everybody. Mm-hmm. You can't compare your trauma with my trauma. Mm-hmm. The worst possible thing that has ever happened to you in your life matters. Yeah. Don't compare it to the worst possible thing that happened in your best friend's life or your husband's life right. or anything like that. So everybody can benefit doing shadow work. Right. And All then we can talk about a little bit how to identify. Some people have this big traumatic event that happens in their life mm-hmm. that they need to do shadow work with. But most of the time, it's just spotting things within yourself mm-hmm. that is letting you know that there's some things that you need to work on. For instance, we all have these triggers within us. Sometimes we have judgments towards other people mm-hmm. that will trigger something in us, just get really defensive or really judgmental about that or really angry mm-hmm. about something that we see in another person. Yep. So a lot of times other people can be your triggers. Mm-hmm. And the more angry or upset that you get about somebody else's behavior, that is a sign that that's something that you need to work on. Yep. For instance, if we're in a restaurant and there's a kid crying mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that are like, that kid needs to be set quiet. Okay. So I have a story yeah. that goes along with that. Say there's a little girl and when she was born, she was born with a voice. Mm-hmm. And she was argumentative. And if she felt some kind of way, everybody in the room knew about it. And she was loving and sweet and happy. And when she was happy, she was loud. And if she was upset, you were going to feel it. She would scream and cry and kick. And she was born to these parents that were very quiet people. Mm -hmm. They were very reserved people. And in their mind, they were not going to let their little girl grow up and act like that. Mm -hmm. So when she threw a fit, they would say, we don't do that in this house. That's bad. Mm -hmm. And then when she would talk too loud or yell too loud, being quiet in church or whatever the case may be, she Mm -hmm. would get in trouble. So she associated being loud and using her voice as a bad thing, that that was bad. So at a very young part in her life, she put that down into her shadow. It's Mm -hmm. a whole part of her beautiful self. Mm -hmm. But in her mind, it became bad. Yeah. As she grew up, she lost that part of herself. And then as she grew older, she would realize that she would get really judgmental. Like she would see somebody, like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. like a kid throwing a fit or being loud or just screaming with happiness or something. Right. And she would just be like, oh, somebody needs to do something about that kid. Or Mm -hmm. she would, you know, see somebody walking around with a cell phone in the grocery store and happy and a big smile on their face and talking to somebody and just being loud. And she would think to herself, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like you should take that phone call somewhere else. You know, just being really judgmental. Right. You can find gold within your shadow bag too. Mm -hmm. It's not just the negative things that are in there. It's not just toxic and trauma. There's good parts of yourself that also can get mixed in with that Mm -hmm. because of the way you've been conditioned to believe that this is bad. Somebody like her, she would have to go back down Mm -hmm. to her child self because shadow work is also called child self, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's everything that happened to you when you were a child. You could be doing shadow work on something that happened to you two years ago when you got out of a toxic relationship or Mm -hmm. something like that, or you were cheated on, or you were hurt in some way. These are a scar. These are traumatic events that have happened to you. Yeah, because if you were cheated on when you're 35, Mm -hmm. you could just be like, I'm never dating again. Well, yeah, that ends up happening. Sometimes we overcompensate, and that's another trigger or a way to identify your shadow. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about like different ways that you can identify. So when you feel an extreme something like this woman who couldn't hear a kid laugh very loud, Mm -hmm. it was because inside her, 
She had repressed it so far that she thought that that's how she felt. Mm -hmm. But really what the case was is that was suppressed within her. And she wasn't allowed to do that. And so when she sees somebody else do it, she's jealous. Mm -hmm. And she's taking it as something completely different. Right. So when you go back in and you do shadow work with something like this specifically, she learned that (laughs) it was because she wanted to have that voice. That was part of her. And then she can reclaim that and let that become part of her again and love that part of her. Even though it was unloved. And then hear a kid laughing loud and it brings, brings her joy. joy. Yeah, exactly. and peace and happiness. And that's what happens when you do shadow work. You mm-hmm. go into that emotion. You find out what the root of it is. And then you love it. And you have to come into it with an open heart and an open mind and non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. You can't judge yourself right. or be mean to yourself. Because your shadow self has already been hurt. And that's why it's acting out. Right. Or if somebody calls you lazy and you get so defensive about it and you're like, what do you mean? I work two jobs. I take care of my kids. I do all this stuff. And what do you mean I'm lazy? Well, now you just know that you got triggered Mm -hmm. and you need to go back to the root of when did somebody else make you feel like you were lazy? Mm -hmm. When did you have to prove yourself in that aspect? And you might have to go down and down and down and down until you find the root cause of that. And then you need to acknowledge it and accept it and work through that. And then once you've done that shadow work, it's so amazing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Because you come out of it with a whole new acceptance of yourself. Mine is feeling stupid because my dad would call me stupid. Mm -hmm. And somebody as a kid that like had this thirst for knowledge, but had trouble reading at first because I literally am dyslexic and would switch the words around. That was such um, a hurtful thing to go through growing up. I still deal with that. That's literally. So we need to do some shadow work with that. Exactly. After all the research we've done, that's probably my number one thing. Yeah. So that's long story short. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to say that when you get triggered and you get defensive about something, or you're jealous about something, Mm -hmm. or you have a really strong, quote unquote, negative reaction to something outside of yourself. That's your shadow coming out. Mm -hmm. So that's a warning that, okay, this is something I need to work on. So that's how you can identify it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Mikhail Labden said, who is a philosopher, he said, as long as there is an ego, there are demons. And when there is no more ego, there are no more demons either. Megan's four demons are a set of obstacles or hindrances that practitioners of Tibetan Buddhism may encounter during their meditation practice. These demons are not literal beings, but rather represents internal challenges that can arise as one seeks to develop a greater awareness and insight. So I identified with every single one of these, and I feel like most people probably will too. The demon of external distraction And this refers to any external stimulus that can distract us from our meditation practice, such as noise, discomfort, or other people. Mm -hmm. The second one is the demon of internal distraction. This refers to our own thoughts and emotions that can distract us from our meditation practices. These distractions can include memories, worries, or fantasies, so like overthinking, the what ifs. If it doesn't bother you for more than five minutes, you should let it go. It's not being able to do that. Anxiety. The demon of inability to preserve. This demon refers to the tendency to give up when faced with difficulty or discomfort, and it can manifest as boredom, restlessness, or discouragement. I've been there. Mm -hmm. restlessness or just like i'm not good enough to do that Mm -hmm. you know talking down on yourself the demon of overestimation oh this is probably my number one this demon refers to the tendency to become overly confident or attached thinking that we have achieved more than we actually have this can lead to complacency or lack of further progress 
I think everyone can relate to it one time or another to those four. And if you look at it from that perspective, you could probably identify your shadow parts a little easier. For me, I can't be still. And I put a lot on my plate. And that probably does have to do with something in my childhood where if I stopped and I was still, I wasn't being productive and I wasn't being successful. So shadow work can be really unpleasant to do the inner work. But once you really start to acknowledge it and accept it, you'll start to ascend into higher vibration mm-hmm. and higher consciousness. So we reject shadow work because it's hard to sit with your pain and go deep into the roots of your trauma and relive it or to re-experience it and to be real about it from a place of acceptance and unconditional love for yourself. And shadow work is the biggest gift, actually, that you can give yourself. And a lot of people fear it because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It breaks the chains that bind you to the damaged and painful and unloved aspects of your spirit. It's hard, but the work pays off in the long run and benefits you with so much comfort and happiness and joy and relief, peace, contentment that comes from that kind of healing. It's extraordinary. It's beautiful. And then it brings unimaginable peace back into your life. And this is how we elevate and we become light as a feather. Mm -hmm. These shadow aspects hold us down through low vibrational energy. And when our shadow gets triggered, we need to sit with it, meditate, and go into ourselves and find the root of the issues and the inner trauma and be real and honest about it. It might get ugly. You might scream, cry, feel shame, guilt, and fear about it. But once you get through it, it's over. And you don't have to repeat those patterns anymore. It just leaves you with a feeling of peace and it gives you closure. But you got to go all the way in. (laughs) You have to go back in time and figure out where that problem first happened and where the unhealthy habit came from and where did that anxiety start Mm -hmm. and when was the first time you remember and why. And so I'm really excited to talk later about different techniques that we can do Mm -hmm. to really help with that part of it. But you have to go into the wound and you have to clean it and it's coming up because it's ready to be released and it's tired of being repressed and shoved back down. And that's what we've been doing our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And we put labels on it. We're like, well, that's just how we are. Mm -hmm. Or that's how I was raised. Oh, I know. Or we say all these things to justify Mm -hmm. our behavior. And we're putting that toxicity, that unhealed parts of ourselves, onto our family members, onto the people that we love, onto our kids, Mm -hmm. you know, our friends and all the relationships that we have in our life when we're not healing ourselves. Yeah. I know people like that. People will even justify it for them and be like, well, that's just how they are. They're They're, just mean or they're they're just just judgmental. They're just honest. No, bitch, you're rude. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're rude. You're unhealed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Once you get to the origin of that trauma or the event that caused all that toxic issue that you've been holding on to for so long, you can forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's like a really big part of it, too. Acknowledging it and then forgiving yourself. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later, too, the importance of forgiveness. Yeah. But then you come to a place of peace and closure within that space. And so that's why we have to do shadow work, because Mm -hmm. it isn't easy, but it's never going to be easy. Right. Would you rather just carry that around with you for the rest of your life or go down deep for a few days or a week or Mm -hmm. however long it takes to get through that? An hour even maybe sometimes to clear things and then get rid of it and drop it. Yeah. Because even suppressing that stuff, it's not only are you spilling your toxicity onto other people and that low vibration. Mm -hmm. But you're also manifesting illnesses. Oh, yeah. People cope with their shadow self because they just suppressed so much trauma and didn't heal from it with 
alcohol, with drugs, or with just lashing out at other people, Mm -hmm. abusing other people. It's more than just, oh, you should feel better. Mm -hmm. It's probably the most important thing you can do in your journey on this planet. I'm going to keep it real. I didn't realize that until we dove in to do the research because you have a lot of experience with shadow work. I honestly have been Mm -hmm. like... It is overwhelming. Yeah. And I don't know where to start. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this right now. We're yeah. talking about it. We're getting out all the shadows yes. and the shadow work, you know, because yeah. yes, it's scary. Yes, it's going to be hard work because you're going down and you're reopening a wound mm-hmm. that you have buried deep within you that you've been repressing and turning your back on mm-hmm. for God knows how long, maybe even since childhood. Yeah. And you have to go back then and you have to feel it again. Mm-hmm. You have to relive it again. But you're taking it with you anyway. That's not just going to go away because you turn your back to it or because yeah. you repress it or because you shame it. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like we need to be whole within each of us. We have our dark side and we have our light side. And a lot of people will just run to the light and be like, well, I'm just going to cling on to this goodness within me mm-hmm. and keep suppressing the darker sides of themselves. We need to love all of ourselves that's how we become whole that's how we become gods yeah. gods unto ourselves. yeah that's where we get our power loving all the aspects because if i accept things in myself there's not anybody that can trigger it within mm-hmm. me because i've already loved and accepted that part of me yeah and so there's nothing that anything from my surroundings can change right and even though i've been doing shadow work for years mm-hmm. i'm still a work in progress Yeah. You don't just do it one time and you're done, but it gets easier. Yeah. The more that you go and then you realize, oh, I just got triggered by that. I'm going to do some shadow work on it. It becomes easier. Yeah. But it's always so life changing. You come out of it with so much self-confidence and self-esteem and you start showing up as the full version of yourself. Once you've exposed that darkness, there's no more hidden parts. Right. Nothing is a surprise to you. You're not have somebody cut you off in traffic and end up like freaking out and doing road rage mm-hmm. and all that other stuff because you've already kind of healed that part of yourself that was triggered. There's right. a reason why you act like that. And the shadow isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like we were talking about, a lot of times the shadow has had to be there for you mm-hmm. to protect you because there's been times when you needed to be dark. Yeah. You needed to not care. You yeah. needed to fight for your life in one way or another and go through survival mode. Mm -hmm. Everybody has in certain aspects of their lives. Right. But when that's not needed anymore, that's when it's time to go back in and heal that. You know, loving that part of yourself and be like, thank you for supporting me and helping me get through that really difficult time in my life. But you need to chill. Yeah. I love you. You're perfect. (laughs) Go in there and heal that part and love that part of yourself. Yeah. Now that we've kind of talked about different ways to identify your shadow, we're going to go into a ton of different techniques because Mm -hmm. there's a lot to go over in that department. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way. Mm -hmm. And like what we were talking about earlier, some ways might really work for me Mm -hmm. because that's my personality. And then Omni, you're an artist. Yeah. So when you heard about different creative ways that you can do it through art, oh, yeah. you really love that part. But I'm not an artist. And right. I was like, that sounds really boring to me. <laughs> like, I'm just going to draw a stick figure. Like, that's not going to help me. Oh, that stuck or, me right in. I and we're going like, to talk yes. later about some other ways that Omni had found that really excited her. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking mm-hmm. to myself, that doesn't really resonate with me specifically, but it probably will with other people. Right. So it's really great that we have this like contrast <laughs> between us because the shadow is so vast 
Right. And it just spreads out and it has so many layers to it. Right. I think it's really good that we're coming from two different aspects. Right. But getting to the core of the same thing. Exactly. So this is beautiful. Yeah. So I know we were talking about journaling is a technique and you were mm-hmm. like, that sounds like homework to me. It does. Okay. So I like to do poetry and stuff like mm. that when I want to, mm. but journaling just kind of sounds boring to me <laughs> for some reason. I'm like, oh, it sounds like, you know, an essay that I have to do or something. Yeah. But there are some really good things that you can write down. Mm -hmm. Like you can ask yourself certain questions because when you're coming into contact with your shadow, Mm -hmm. you've pushed that shadow so far down that sometimes it can feel like something outside of yourself Mm -hmm. or like a completely different personality Mm -hmm. of you. So sometimes just sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper and ask it questions. Yeah. And I call it it. Because you haven't integrated into the whole yet. Exactly. So journaling can be as simple as just writing down a few questions and then answering them honestly. Because there's a lot of honesty in shadow work. Because Mm -hmm. this is stuff we've been denying, denying, denying. Mm -hmm. So we have to come into it like we're welcoming a little child. Yeah. Or somebody that we really truly love. One of the questions that I like to do for myself is I like to think of it almost as a third person. When I'm identifying within myself, sometimes I can want to push it away again. So if I'm having like an issue, I'll imagine the person that I love the most in this world. And then I get a full form of who they are in my mind, person that I would do anything for. Mm -hmm. And then I imagine them coming to me with this issue or with this trauma Mm -hmm. or this toxic thing that's within them. Imagine looking at them and having them look back at you and be like, help me. How would you respond to them? And write that down and really sit with that. Think about that. I'm thinking of my kids. Take your time and nurture that response. What advice would you give that person that you love more than anything in the world? Because we have a tendency to love other people more than we love ourselves, especially when we're dealing with our shadow. We'd rather put all of our needs to the side for other people. When we in the shadow work, it's all about self. Mm-hmm. So we have to love ourselves unconditionally. Mm-hmm. We have to give that love that we've been giving out to other people our whole life. We have to give that back to ourselves. We have to bring our power back. We have to bring back those fragmented souls and those damaged pieces mm-hmm. and those parts of ourselves that we have hated and we have felt unloved for so long. We need to welcome that back in and love it so we can let that painful parts go. That's the journaling. So, you know, you don't really have to make it like an essay. You don't have or you can, you know, if you're really into writing and that helps you go for it, get as integrated into it as you possibly can. Right. Ask yourself different questions and stuff like that. But if you're struggling with it within yourself, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So me and my partner went to a metaphysical fair. Actually, you went there too. We just went went at different times. We were like. I think you got there right after I left or something. Yeah. But we ended up going to see a lecture from a psychic medium. And her name is Deborah DeMoss Smith. And she's from Louisiana. She has a great accent. She talked about the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to choose joy always. And that's how your soul grows and ascends. And the opposite of that is when you have fear or judgment or jealousy. And that's when the work comes in. And she didn't put this method as shadow work, but it's 1000% shadow work. And I even asked her and she didn't even know what shadow work was. I was like, are you serious? Well, because shadow work is, like I said, called so many different yeah, things. Yeah, it's self work. through therapy and through meditation mm-hmm. and sometimes psychedelic journeys. Mm-hmm. And it's just different titles to right. get into the same exactly. inner core of yourself. We're all just trying to grow. Right. Yeah. 
So she talked about it takes bravery to come to Earth. You come to Earth to grow your spirit, and that takes experiences that are intense, both pain and love. What she would recommend a soul to grow to do while you're here on Earth is you rip up a piece of paper, and on each little piece of paper, you put something that you feel like you need to work on, whether that be like jealousy or greed or whatever, something that you feel like you need to work on to be the most joyous person that you can be because through joy is how you grow. And joy is the meaning of life. And not to interrupt you, but I was actually thinking about that earlier And I didn't go to her, so I didn't know what you were going to talk about. But something along the same lines is like writing down on a piece of paper one thing that I want to let go of. That if I let go of that one thing, Mm -hmm. that I can finally be happy. Oh, And so that really corresponds with what she was saying. So I'm sorry. No, that's great. Yeah, crazy. So she said, take the bowl, take that piece of paper, ball it up in a ball and put all of those balls in the bowl. And then every so often unravel, look at it, think about, reflect, how have I worked on this? And sometimes you're going to be like, wow, I don't need this to be in this bowl anymore. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're going to be like, I'm missing some things in this bowl. The point is never to get the bowl empty. Mm -hmm. The point is to keep the balls moving in and out of the bowl. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And somebody in the crowd said how you know what to put on the pieces of paper. I mean, because some things are obvious, like, okay, I'm jealous of people sometimes or Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm rude. But. If somebody else said, nobody would love me if they knew this about me. Mm, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that really clicked with me because I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of shame with shadow work. So that's something to really dig deep into Mm -hmm. yourself. And you can use this method starting out. It seems like an easy enough method to Mm -hmm. get more comfortable and to ask yourself those questions. Right. Or even ask yourself the question of what is the trait that I hate most in Mm -hmm. other people? Oh, and we were just yeah. talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. I, mine is lies. Yeah. Like if somebody lies to me, I can't. Yeah. So I've had to do some shadow work on that and figure out where it came I from. I never even thought about that being shadow work. Because <clears throat> I like just so angry. Like if yeah. somebody would lie to me or I think somebody was lying to me, I would go crazy. Oh, like, that does and cut make those me people mad. out of my life. Or if they're going to treat me like that and not respect me and not tell me the truth, then they don't deserve to be a part of my life. But why did I have such a severe reaction to that well I found out (laughs) you know I've done shadow work on it and stuff like that and figured out where that stemmed from and it was because of some trauma that happened to me in my life Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just don't even realize it you just think oh you know I'm just a a righteous person I don't lie so I don't like it when anybody else lies to me that's your shadow (laughs) coming out I feel so called out right now because I was raised by a pathological liar and I Mm -hmm. did cut him out of my we'll see that's some shadow work. And yeah. once you get through that, you won't be triggered by that anymore. Mm-hmm. So if somebody lies to you, you can come from a place of compassion mm-hmm. and you're not going to be triggered yeah. into like this. It ruined your day. Somebody lied to me because that's what ends up happening. Yeah. You have these unhealed parts and somebody triggers you. It ruins your whole fucking day. Or I just won't even give them a chance. I won't give yeah, them the time but it of day. It affects you so mm-hmm. negatively. Yes. It because does. it's an unhealed part of your shadow. Yeah. Didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. So over and over again, I might, you know, <laughs> repeat myself saying this, but it's when you get the most triggered by something. Yep. The lady with the little kids screaming and laughing bothered her. Yeah. Because she wasn't allowed to scream and laugh when she was little. And that does allow you to come at it from a place of mm-hmm. compassion. Yeah, Thank but you have to be real fucking honest with yourself because if yeah. you've been that type of person for a long time, you're just like, I don't like kids. Yeah. It gets on my nerves. And then you go back down. 
and you find out it's because that's who you are. Yeah. They're reflecting what you wish you could be. Yeah. And you thought you hated that. That's awakening. That's deep. Yeah. Because a lot of times you just think, oh, I just don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's because it's part of who you are. You know, somebody calls you lazy and you get defensive. Maybe it's because you wish you could be lazy. Yeah. Or maybe you get mad at other people being lazy. I get mad at myself why, when I'm not productive. Why are you so upset mm -hmm. if, if you're not productive, honey? Yeah. Maybe you get upset when you see other people. Like people make comments, not you specifically. Yeah. But they'll see somebody only work a couple days a week and they're working on other stuff and they're just chilling with their life and they're having fun and then you judge them mm -hmm. and you're like well must be nice to just yeah. sit around go to the beach all day or go do this or whatever like must be nice so when you find yourself using those words guess what you gotta do some shadow work it might be because you wish you could be free like them right you wish that you didn't have all this stuff piled on top of you and just live your life the way you want to. So there might be a part in your shadow that you're honestly jealous of that. Yeah. And it's coming out in your shadow as anger. Mm -hmm. Why do you care? It doesn't affect mm -hmm. you. Or we sometimes we overcompensate for things as well. So we're like an overachiever. And that's the story that we tell ourselves, I'm this, I'm that. And I get all this accomplished and all this done. And then we're just drained. That's me. <laughs> So there might be something in there that you need to look at as well yeah. if you're like overcompensating. Oh, I have lots of shadow work to do, but I'm not scared of it anymore. Right. And, and within relationships too, that can uh -huh. happen. So you can be, I'll take me for an example. That's mm -hmm. fine. I'm putting my business out here. I was in a very abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. um, it started off, I was in a mentally abusive relationship with my dad and I felt abandoned by him mm -hmm. through a period of my life. And I met a man that would eventually, you know, treat me in those same kinds of ways. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, he was physically abusive as well. Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that there was anything wrong with that. Yeah. I thought like I can change him and he can be better. Or maybe if I'm better, he'll treat me different. Mm -hmm. So I had to like go through this like whole role play for years with my ex-husband and get to the point where I was done being in survival mode yeah. constantly for me to be able to take a step back from that and start doing some serious shadow work within myself and realizing that it's not him, it's me. Mm -hmm. I've allowed myself to tolerate this and I've allowed this to happen in my life. Yeah. And then, but for a while I was kind of a man hater after that. Yeah. I used to be really loving towards the men in my life and then I kind of overcompensated for that because we have the divine masculine and feminine within mm -hmm. ourselves and I wasn't allowed to be feminine anymore I had to be strong I had to take care of my kids and men could go fuck themselves as far as I was concerned yeah. looking back I put that on my kids mm -hmm. my oldest son oh you're the man of the house now and women will do that to their kids mm -hmm. or I don't need a man in my life. I don't need men. Men are this, men are, and like turn into a man hater. Yeah. Because that can happen too, because I wasn't dealing with the core issue of what was going on. So I overcompensated in that aspect. Yeah. A lot of people will do that. It's okay to be in your feminine power. Yeah. I'm not saying it isn't. It's okay. You don't need a man. And I'm, that's not what I'm saying not at all. But when you're overcompensating, you're showing hate yeah. towards anything or that kind of aggression with mm. it. There's a part of you that needs to be healed. Yeah. Through that. 100%. Yeah. All right. So I read the book Feeding Your Demons by Soltram Alioni. And out of all the books I've recommended on our podcast, this is the number one book. If you don't like to read, get the audio book, go on Libby, go to your local library, get this book in your hand and read through it because it's probably been the most 
eye-opening book I've ever read, honestly. Um, I can't wait to read it. I know. <laughs> I, like, ah. I haven't read it yet, so I'm hearing about this for the first time. Alioni is one of the first American women to be ordained in the Tibetan tradition. She lived for several years as a nun in the Himalayas, studying and practicing with a great Tibetan teacher. Mm. When she left, she became a mother of three and a wife in the West. So she was a nun? Mm-hmm. And then she became a mother. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, isn't it? Lucky children. <laughs> she runs a spiritual retreat in Colorado now. So oh, okay. according to her, who is both a Buddhist practitioner and a psychotherapist, mm-hmm. the demons that plague us are often our own negative emotions or self-destructive patterns or of behavior. So in this book, they call your shadow self your demon. Okay. Instead of ignoring or suppressing them, she suggests that we should feed them by acknowledging and embracing them, ultimately transforming them into allies that serve our growth and well-being. First, you can identify the demon. We've talked about that. Ask yourself, what is draining you? Identify the inner demon or negative emotion. And this could be fear, anger, self-doubt, anything negatively impacting your life and yourself, your mental health. You personify the demon. Once you have identified the demon, give it a name form or personality. This helps to externalize and objectify the negative emotion. Mm -hmm. I'll go into this a little later. You can draw a picture of it. Mm -hmm. You can write down a description of it. You just need to make it a separate entity. For instance, I'll read the story about a girl named Kate and her demon happened to be tall, skinny scales. Okay. So you give it a separate identity from yourself. Exactly. And the way you picture it in your head is how it makes you feel. Mm, Okay. To engage in dialogue is the next step. Ask questions, listen to its responses and try to understand its origins and motivations. This builds trust and compassion, which is essential for transformation. We'll go over those steps in the story. Now, feeding the demon, after establishing a relationship with the demon, you offer it what it wants or needs, love, acceptance, understanding, or something else. This helps it feel seen and heard. Then you transform the demon. Once the demon has been fed, you can then work on transforming it into your ally. Actually visualize the demon as it transforms into a positive force in your life, like a protector or a source of wisdom. This helps integrate the demon's energy into your psyche in a positive way. Mm -hmm. When you integrate the transformation by embodying the qualities of the transformed demon, this helps Mm -hmm. solidify the transformation and make it part of your identity. Okay. That's pretty deep. So, I mean, when you were talking about that, I was having so many like images. I don't know for me because I deal with like fragmented souls and things like that. And we've done episodes about that. Yeah. When you were talking about that, it was kind of reminding me of a fragmented part of your soul Mm -hmm. and bringing it back to yourself. Mm -hmm. But almost still leaving it as a separate identity because Mm -hmm. it's so fragmented from you. It becomes its own entity. Yeah. When you've had a traumatic event and a part of your soul gets fragmented Mm -hmm. through trauma. Yeah. It can start to pick up its own personality Mm -hmm. and become separate from you and even be conscious separately from you. So when I do soul retrieval and fragment retrieval, bring it back to yourself. I read this and it was deep, but I don't think I understood exactly what it meant until I read this story. So Mm -hmm. you have to hear this story. Okay. This was a story in the book. 
Her name's Kate. Kate's parents always told her she was not worthy of love. She really started to really hate herself. She had a really great job that was very promising and she ended up losing it. And she went to her mom for comfort and acceptance. And her mom told her it was her fault. And she began to cut herself. And she said when she cut herself, she experienced a cold blue purple feeling. It felt lacerating like glass and it was painful and piercing and it just made her hate herself that much more. When she pictured her demon, she pictured a demon as tall and thin and a male figure. He had icy blue, bony arms that ended in claws. He looked at her with disdain, with small, fierce eyes, and teeth that were pointed and yellow. And he acted as if he would bite her. And his body was covered in fine, spiky blue thorns. And Kay asked these three questions. What do you want from me? What do you need from me? And how will you feel when you get what you need? And before he answered, she changed places with him. So she feels what he feels. And before answering, she acknowledged that he felt bitter and threatened and battered himself. And then he replies, I want you to suffer because you are worthless and stupid. I need you to be with me and to stop trying to escape me. I need you to accept me and love me. And to the third question, I'll be able to relax. I'll feel loved. Then she returns to herself and she knows she needs to feed him love. She envisions her body melting into an infinite ocean of loving nectar. That the demon takes this nectar through every pore of his icy blue body. And as he absorbs it, his body softens. He turns into a soft gray horse with gentle eyes. This is the transformation. Mm -hmm. Kay asks the horse if it's the ally and it nods. She asks how it will protect her and help her in the future and what pledge it will make to her. She becomes the horse and it replies, I will carry you to places you haven't been before where you can't go alone. I will lend you my strength to do things in the world. When things are difficult, come see me and rest your head on my neck. I will protect you by giving you the strength in yourself. She receives the strength and pledge. As it flows into her, her joy rises. The horse dissolves into her completely. She feels peace. She rests. She does not need to practice this fifth step. It just is because the demon is dissolved. It's like, beautiful. That okay. story made me understand the process in ways I don't think any other would. And so then the deep process that I went through in the beginning made so much more sense. Mm-hmm. You ask your demons those three questions. Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? What do you need? And how will you feel when you get what you need? Mm-hmm. So it's really crazy. Now that I listen to that story mm-hmm. of how it's different, but it's so similar mm-hmm. to the way that I do fragmented soul work. Right. Because when I bring that fragmented soul back, it shows up looking similar to the person, mm-hmm. but it was stuck in that trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's manifested into whatever that trauma was and looked like how you would expect somebody to look going through that. Right. So when you bring it back and you open your arms to it and you bring it in with unconditional love, you watch it change forms right Mm -hmm. in front of your eyes and then mirror your own image and then step back in 
and become whole and one with your spirit. Right. I love that story. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I've been doing for a really long time Mm -hmm. within my practice for other people. But I never really thought of it like that. I know you've talked about helping a lot of people with that. Mm -hmm. The fragmented souls and leaving. We did a whole episode on it. So if you don't understand what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. go ghosts, poltergeists and fragmented souls. Mm -hmm. We talk about that. Yeah, we went in depth with that. So our shadow selves show up in a lot of different ways. And we've kind of talked about a few of them, but Mm -hmm. I know one thing would be money wounds. Right, exactly. And I feel like because money is a thread of energy, Mm -hmm. it connects all of us. I don't care what part of the country you're in, what part of the world you're in, the way that you grew up, everybody has a money story. Mm -hmm. And that money story can either empower you or can disempower you. Mm -hmm. So the questions are with that is what is your money story? First of all, mm-hmm. ask yourself that question. And what is your relationship with money? And what were you taught growing up about money? And how does that affect you now? The scarcity and poverty mindset can be passed down through generations. And we can think of ourselves as rich or poor. And even if we were born rich, we can still have that scarcity mentality. People who have money doesn't necessarily mean that they're healed. Now, I'm not going to say that money can't buy happiness Mm -hmm. because I've gone to Hawaii and I've had the best time in my life Mm -hmm. and I needed money (laughs) to do that. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but even people that are rich can have money wounds within them Mm -hmm. and they can have this mindset of thinking they always need more, that they're not fulfilled, that they don't have enough Mm -hmm. or they have to compete with other people. They have to have a nicer car, a bigger house, or like whatever the case may be. Look at these billionaires going to space just to like show how much money they have to build a rocket. So yeah, so just because you're rich doesn't mean you have a healthy relationship with money. Yeah. We can still feel poor within ourselves. Rich or poor, we've all been conditioned by money. And the threads of money energy are creating this separation within us, creating internal conflict within ourselves. So our story either empowers us or disempowers us. So some of us come from a place of scarcity and lack, and we're deeply embedded in the poverty consciousness. Mm -hmm. And even those of us that grew up with money can still have a scarcity wound, making us always want more and more to fill a wound within our shadows from not feeling worthy, no matter how much we accumulate. It's just never enough. And the constant need to feed the external can cause conflict within the internal parts of ourselves and give us a false sense of security and cause us to be really selfish. Mm -hmm. can also cause us to be greedy and jealous and anxious, anxious, have a lot of fear within that money concept, and then have neediness or entitlement. Mm -hmm. You can become arrogant or selfish. And those behaviors come from unhealed parts of self. I have a little bit of a story. Okay. Somebody that I know, they work seven days a week. They work two jobs. They only have a day off when they're requested off. Mm -hmm. They don't have kids because kids are expensive Mm -hmm. and they're always stressing about money. So whenever there was like food up, they would box it up and take it home. And I'm, Mm I'm just like, and they bought their house before. The market went up. So it's like they're sitting. They're doing good. They're doing great. Mm -hmm. And they still have that mentality, that anxious behavior where they're just stressed. And when they have a bad financial day, they get really overwhelmed. They're just always have that anxiety and stress. And then I was talking to them and they made mention where they were like, well, my dad growing up did what he could. But one time me and my sister went on a field trip and he packed a loaf of bread 
and a can of tuna without a can opener. And it just really made me stop and be like, oh, that's where that comes Mm -hmm. from. And usually people with those types of behaviors, that's Mm -hmm. where that comes from. Yeah. And it's so beautiful when we start to do shadow work within ourselves, Mm -hmm. we'll recognize it within other people. And instead of looking them and judging them, we come at it from such compassion. Right. Like, I hope they heal. Yeah. Our mindset changes Mm -hmm. every single time that we do shadow work because it opens us up to be receptive to ourselves and the people around us too. Yeah. So for you to even acknowledge that, that's beautiful. Oh, But yeah, kind of same thing with me. My dad was always really strict and I had to watch my portion size on my plates and he was always watching me to make sure I wasn't overeating or eating too many snacks or whatever. So when I got away from my dad, my house was filled with food. And when I had my kids, they got to eat whatever they wanted to. Like I fed them good meals and healthy meals. Mm -hmm. But if they said they were hungry afterwards, no problem, go eat. Mm -hmm. There was never, ever did I tell my kids that they couldn't eat. Now, I probably shouldn't have done that Mm because that came from an unhealed part of myself Mm -hmm. because I didn't know where that was coming from, but it came from a place of lack with that. I never wanted to treat my kids the way I was treated. So I went in the complete opposite part of that. Talking about women, and I know that men have money wounds, just as much as women do. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of want to talk about women for a second. Whether they're rich or poor, the money paradigm within our women reaches out globally. And it's been passed down through our generations. So this isn't just an American problem or problems in other countries. This is women as a whole. Mm -hmm. Women have been conditioned to be reliant on the man to support and provide us with food on the table and a comfortable lifestyle in exchange for our power. So we have to give away our power to be dependent on our man. And that opens up a multitude of other shadow wounds. Even if we have not personally given away our power to a man to survive, we still carry that energy within our DNA and within our systems, within our ancestral code. Mm -hmm. It can come out not only as a part of our shadow, but the way we view the disharmonious parts of our own divine masculine part of ourselves too. Mm -hmm. The expression of the divine feminine disconnects us from ourself as a whole. So our shadow wounds can play out in so many different ways within that paradigm. Like in society when men are like, she's a slut because she slept with 50 guys, but that dude slept with 50 girls and he's the man Mm -hmm. because he's got the power. Right. Or that saying where like, oh, she slept her way to the top instead of being like, no, that man abused his power mm-hmm. and promoted that woman based off of sexual favors that he abused his power in mm-hmm. instead of being like, yeah, she got the promotion because of credentials. Right. The exchange of power is off. Exactly. Yeah. But then you have to go and you have to look at it from the man's perspective as mm-hmm. well, because not only have we been conditioned to be a certain way globally through Mm -hmm. society Mm -hmm. and and there are exceptions to the rules yeah but as a whole as the divine feminine as Mm -hmm. a whole we have been treated that way and we have given away our power over and over and over again Mm -hmm. but at the same time the men have been conditioned to do that yep and then how are they going to feel where are their money wounds they're Mm -hmm. not allowed to cry they have to go out there and they have to work sometimes 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. to provide for their family. They take on all of that responsibility. And even if it's not happening within that, it's still programmed. It's in their DNA. It's within their divine masculine shadow. Mm -hmm. They get looked out as less of a man. Less of a man. You know, so if they want to stay home, they want to take care of the kids. 
somewhere within their DNA, even if that's what he wants, he could start acting out in different ways with his wife and with his children because he's feeling demasculated, Mm -hmm. because he's feeling in some parts of him and some of parts of his shadow. So he has to overcompensate by being a dick or (laughs) being abusive or mentally abusive or something like that to counteract that. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important for us to do the shadow work. So we can heal both the divine masculine and the feminine within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because if it were two, one way or the other, and and I'm not just talking about male and female because I'm so fluid with those words and everything in between. It doesn't matter what you were born with or, you know, what you identify with or whatever. We all, every human has the divine masculine and feminine within us. And when both of our sides of ourselves are healed, we don't have to do that extra anymore. We don't act out within that we are the yin and the yang mm-hmm. we are the whole mm-hmm. so if you hate a particular race or you hate a particular gender or whatever the case is there goes the hate again mm-hmm. so that's a trigger that's a warning to yourself that you need to go down deep inside yourself and heal that yeah and integrate it within yourself be the change mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with independent woman. And I think that's beautiful and powerful. But because the divine feminine has been treated the way we have, Mm -hmm. sometimes we act out in a way that isn't sacred. Right. That isn't coming from a loving, nurturing place. We have to like overcompensate and be more in our masculine. And that can sometimes turn very toxic. Yeah. And I just want to say I'm so proud of this next generation of fluid souls that we have coming Mm -hmm. in right now. It's so beautiful and empowering to see that they're doing what I couldn't in -hmm. my generation and what my mom couldn't in her generation. And these women are just, these girls are coming through as goddesses. And killing it. Oh my God. And I'm so proud of them. Me too. You know what I mean? And so it's okay to self-love and be empowered and be confident and be conceited and all that. Like, yes, you deserve that. If it's coming from a place of self-love. So my daughter was joking around. She does impressions and she did like a pretend commercial at a restaurant we were at the other day. (laughs) And then she's like, let me see the video. And I showed her and she just, her face lights up and she smiles. And this wasn't like a, it didn't come from a conceited place or Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter anyways to me, but it came from. I've such, always thought conceited shouldn't be in the shadow. Like yeah, that should be in the highest vibration. I right, think we should be conceited. Yeah, but it came from like this confident love, mm-hmm. like self loving place. Right, and she goes, oh, "I look amazing." Oh my god, I love that. And her face is lit up, and she was so sincere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I want to be like you when I grow up." I just right. like I just yeah. want to embody that. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of her in that moment. I feel, I feel the same. Yeah. But if you're overcompensating that mm-hmm. confidence mm-hmm. and it's coming from a place of fear or pain or you have to, you feel like you have to prove something to yeah. somebody else or you're doing it in spite of mm-hmm. something else, then that can mean you have a place in your shadow that needs to be acknowledged. And I love the word acknowledge because the base of the word is knowledge and that's knowing something gained through experience. Mm-hmm. And acknowledge means to accept or admit the existence of the truth. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging your shadow is like a really important part of it as well. Just like, okay, I see you. I know you're there. I'm right. acknowledging you. Yeah. Even if you can't get to it right away, like you don't have all day to go through this whole <laughs> right. big shadow work thing. You've acknowledged it now. Yep. You know it's there. 
it knows that you know that it's there. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be ready for healing soon. They say knowledge is half the battle. Yeah. And I guess just to tie it up, talking about with the divine masculine and feminine within all of us and the male energy influences from structure and action. And the female energy is that of creativity and flow. So the balance of both is critical to our awakening as spiritual beings, as whole mm -hmm. spiritual beings, is to put both of those together. To balance that out, we have to acknowledge and move through the trauma and pain. So anybody listening right now that's still kind of on the fence about if they should do shadow work, my question is to you, would you rather work through a difficult emotion or carry it around forever. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not going anywhere. Nope. You can keep pushing it down and pushing it down all you want to, but that fear is going to keep coming back up and that anger is going to keep coming back up. Or whatever triggers you, it's going to keep coming back up. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to live a life that you don't have triggers? Mm -hmm. And like I was saying earlier, you're never really done, but you take showers every day. Just because you took one yesterday doesn't mean you don't take another one today. So it's a continuous process. Yeah. And you can get really creative with your shadow as well, once you really start learning about it, you can go deeper and deeper and deeper into the work. And it branches out in so many different directions. And not only are you healing, but you're healing every single person around you yep. at that point, because you're not spilling that negative, toxic energy onto anybody. You're enlightened. You're happy. Yeah. You're free from that. And then you can start helping other people. You're that stone in the pond that sends out mm -hmm. the ripples. You're the positive ripples on the surroundings around you. I've used that analogy a few times. <laughs> right. But you usually use it like in a negative way. Yeah. But now you're using it in a positive way exactly. too. So you radiate. You are what the stone is what you call it. Yeah. Or the pebble in the water. And we're energy. So we radiate whatever we're feeling wherever we go frequency of love yeah. and joy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we talked about different techniques. And for me, art is really big. Yeah, because you're an artist and you yes. said you could imagine yes. what that shadow aspect of yourself could look like. Right. And for some reason, I'm just not that right. visual. Which is totally fine because we're different ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. and a lot of people... But I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of my shadow that I need to work on. Maybe I am creative yeah. in that aspect. Well, I could try it. You could. Yeah. I'm down to try it. Exactly. This is amazing <laughs> about you. But I'm saying like, if you work with your shadow self in a different way that's fine i'm drawn with, through it with art you can use art as a medium to define your shadow self so uh, you can use clay paints pens pencils but you draw out your demon mm -hmm. and this was a really exciting technique to me probably a month ago before i even got to read this book where i had a dream mm -hmm. about a tall skinny dude oh with all the teeth with all the teeth mm -hmm. so he's a really tall skinny pill bald dude and his face was made out of teeth i remember the distinct feeling that I wasn't scared of him, that he was just peculiar. Mm -hmm. He was interesting. And he was trying to talk to me, but he couldn't talk to me. Not with all his, those teeth in his mouth. Because his face was teeth. And that mm -hmm. sounds really creepy and scary, mm -hmm. but I didn't have that feeling. And so I wonder, and it's kind of crazy. And that was a dream too. And in the beginning, you were talking about how you might be able to tap into mm -hmm. your shadow through your dreams. Yes. Because your shadow's in your subconscious and that's where you dream. Yeah. Maybe you should draw it. That's uh, that's what I'm getting and at. And then I ask want it to. those yes. questions. That's exactly where I'm getting at is what where do you I'm want? like. What do you need? Yeah. Where I did don't... you come from? Because that's another big question mm -hmm. that you should ask yourself. Like, oh, yeah. where did you originate? 
Because I had to do that with my anxiety. Because I never had anxiety. Mm -hmm. I never labeled it as anxiety. I would get excited about things and that's about it. Or feel fear and different things like that. But then when I got crippling anxiety later in life, Mm -hmm. I had to go back and do shadow work. And I had to ask myself, when was the first time you remember having anxiety? Mm -hmm. Where did you come from? Because you didn't exist within me before before. a certain point. And you really have to stop and think too. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you, yeah, you really have to go back yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And then one memory might trigger another memory. Mm-hmm. So that's the point, too, is really being still with yourself mm-hmm. and taking that time. Be like, okay, I was triggered today. I need to figure out where that came from. Get yourself into a position. Oh, that's something else that Deborah DeMoss said, the, the psychic medium that did her lecture. She said, you need to learn to be still. And that's something I've constantly struggled with. I really thought, okay, well, I'm really trying so hard at being still and meditating all this stuff mm-hmm. and using all these techniques. Maybe I need to do shadow work. Yep. Because you're keeping your mind busy with that. You're mm-hmm. asking yourself questions. Yep. So you should really start with shadow work. And don't you deserve that? Like, yeah. If anybody else was to come to you and say, hey, this happened in my life today, Omni, and I really need somebody to talk to, would you be like, okay, I can talk to you. While they're sitting on the couch trying to talk to you, are you going to be doing the dishes and cleaning the house? Mm-hmm. Are you going to sit down with them for a second, look them in their eyes, and be like, you have my full attention. Mm-hmm. What do you need? How can I help you? Yeah, that's what your shadow needs because you've been denying it. You've been repressing it and you've been pushing it down so long that it's just like, I guess I'll just come up when you need me to act a fool. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, okay, like, I guess when you need me, I'll come through. Yeah. But you don't have that communication with it because you're not even sitting down with yourself. Yeah. This painful, abused shadow aspect of you Mm -hmm. to give it 15 minutes and listen to it. With love. And all of us do that. It's not just you. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, I, but like all of us have felt that way. We're like, well, I just don't have time out. Mm-hmm. I'll deal with it later. You have time for everyone else but yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So exactly. take that time for yourself. Yeah. Because you deserve it. A hundred percent. And it's going to help everybody around you too. It is. So if you were to tell the people in your household, hey, I just need an hour to myself. And when I come back, I'm going to be much happier. Yeah. And your life is going to be better because of it yeah and then maybe you can get the support from your friends and family too to be like okay maybe you need to go take your hour because yeah um, go sort yourself out for an hour so you, you were just really man. mean like <laughs> <laughs> yours went psycho go take your hour <laughs> get everybody involved yeah. in it <laughs> i love that i had this dream like a month ago and then i start reading up on shadow work mm-hmm. and this part of shadow work where your shadow self could be a, a shadow demon and i dreamed about this yeah that's a sign it's all connected it's all connected because every time we do an episode it manifests in our life mm-hmm. you can get clay paint pens pencils whatever draw your demon there's a story in the same book i was referencing feed your demons and it was a lady who was an architect and she had a spending problem we were just talking about money mm-hmm. wounds she would spend way more than what she had even though she had a really great job Um, she sat down and she painted her shadow demon and it was this short woman presenting figure with big hands and big feet and it was like just stubborn looking she asked it the three questions what do you want from me what do you need from me and how would you feel if you got what do you need from me and the demon replied i want to control you i want more stuff i want to consume i need to feel full if i were full i would feel satisfied and strong. And then the architect pictured herself dissolving into a nectar of strength and pictured that nectar being fed into the demon shadow until the ally appeared. And then after completing all the steps, she painted a picture 
of the ally and what it looked after it transformed. And she hung them both in her office as a reminder of that process. Mm-hmm. Like really therapeutic. Right. Part of me was like, well, maybe I would set fire to the demon part. And, and not in like a Ugh, way, like, oh, mm-hmm. you're evil, whatever. But right. in a therapeutic way. Like a ritualistic exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. You, you burn, you get fired from a job, you're mm-hmm. going to burn that. And you can set them free because they yeah. are aspects of yourself. So once that negative is transformed, whatever the residual energy left over from that mm-hmm. should be burned yeah. or given back to the universe for healing. Yeah. Or it buried. should be separated from yourself because you don't need it anymore. Yeah. And keep the ally. With shadow work, we're talking about the basic levels of shadow work within this. I've actually witnessed an experience where someone gave birth to their shadow. She went through a very hard time in her life and something I won't even talk about because it's personal, mm-hmm. uh, very personal, but I couldn't imagine having to live through something like that as a child and a young teenager. We went through a very ritualistic few hours of connecting to the shadow together. I was basically a witness to it and just there to support her, almost like a Lamaze coach. Mm. And neither one of us was expecting her to release it in that way. And she ended up pushing it out of her body and releasing it to the goddesses. She was just surrounded by these beautiful beings of light. And she released that part of herself. Mm-hmm. that had just been within her and in pain this tortured battered little girl and released her from herself so she could be adopted into this loving beautiful goddess love energy mm-hmm. and they had this connection where they were like i'm gonna release you here because i can't hold on to you anymore and when i pass i'll reconnect with you and you'll be healed that's beautiful yeah i mean there's different levels to shadow work yeah you had a theory on athena and medusa oh we should get into that yeah so i was researching athena and through a trance meditation Mm -hmm. i found out that medusa and athena Mm -hmm. are one in the same athena had made a pact to herself that she was going to not have sex abstinence right because she wanted to give all of her energy to her people Mm -hmm. when she ended up having sex with the god she denied that part of herself so hard she was mad at herself she's like i cannot believe i did that like Mm -hmm. i made a sacrifice i made a promise to my people i made a promise to myself And so she pushed that part of herself down to a shadow aspect of herself and gave it a name, which was Medusa, and confined her to the darkness, to the caves. They're actually separate side of the same coin. And I know people listening to me that follow, (laughs) they might not believe it. Mm -hmm. I almost couldn't believe it, too, because I would never have compared the two of them together Mm -hmm. in that aspect. But that's what I was shown. She's actually a triple goddess. Mm-hmm. There's another goddess, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's an Egyptian goddess, a very ancient Egyptian goddess. Those are three different parts of her personality. I remember you explained it like when you get drunk and you do crazy things and you're like, that wasn't me. Right. That was my drunk self. Yep. Athena was like, that wasn't me. That was mm-hmm. Medusa. Right. <laughs> like, and the story's just been changed so long, and I'm not trying to man bash right now, but right. men have taken the, the divine feminine out of folklore and religion yeah. and different things like that. And um, not man bashing, because I love you guys. Yeah. But that's what happened. So the story got turned around where, you know, Athena was jealous of her. Yeah. Was mad at her for getting raped by her husband and shunned her and made her ugly and... Yeah. And all that stuff. But what I was shown through my meditation was something completely different. Right. It was a part of herself that she hated. She hated that she wanted to have sex. Right. She said it wasn't rape. People nowadays use Medusa as a symbol for sexual abuse. Right. And when I was talking to Medusa about that, she was like, well, I honor that. Because even though that's not what I was shown, how they divided into two separate 
entities or mm-hmm. goddesses. She said that she still holds that and honors that. I got goosebumps everywhere. But the um, shadow, like how far you can throw your shadow down to where it can almost feel like a different person. Mm-hmm. And it can take on a different persona. That's how deep shadow works right. sometimes. And that even that, that can even split into multiple personality disorders and we can go like way deeper within it. Right. And that's how serious it can get. I think we're going to do a follow-up episode next season on shadow work. Because we talked about we're not man bashing and we mm-hmm. talked about the divine feminine part of it. But it is very important for the male species as a whole or male presenting to do shadow work themselves because... As you said before, the patriarchy instills a lot of wounds for women. They also Mm -hmm. instill wounds for men. Right. And I actually had the pleasure of interviewing a man called Joe Capanella. And he has 25 plus years of experience in the Mankind Project. The Mankind Project is a global network of men's groups and organizations that aim to support and empower men to live a meaningful and fulfilling lives. The organization provides men with opportunities for personal growth, leadership, development, and community building through a variety of programs, workshops, and retreats. It was founded in 1985 in the U.S. and has since expanded to over 20 countries around the world. And its core values include integrity, accountability, which I think is super important, courage, and compassion. The organization is committed to promoting diversity and inclusivity and social justice, and works to create a safe and supportive space for men of all backgrounds to connect and grow. And I just can't help but to not think of Fight Club. (laughs) But in a good way, you know, Mm -hmm. like when they were going to the groups and the men were supporting each other and it was a sense of brotherhood. Uh And it kind of reminds me of Freemasonry in the same way. And I love that too because women, we have been through a lot, but we also have a lot of support when it comes to that and like expressing our feelings and things like that. So to have a place where men can go and do Mm -hmm. shadow work, I love that. It's beautiful. Some of the programs offered by the Mankind Project include the New Warrior Training Adventure, a transformative weekend retreat for men's mental health and well-being, and it addresses issues such as toxic masculinity, gender-based violence, and homophobia. That is a resource, and it's male only. I think that's a good way to change the world and the outlook that society has on men and young boys. So Joe Capanella, he was a part of that group for 25 years, and then he developed Peer Pods, and you can look it up on PeerPods.com. It's a personal healing team, and what they do is they do it more online, and there's three people involved, and it's a facilitator, a witness, and a worker. You do these once a week. And so it's a lot more convenient, a lot more accessible. I know he was talking about how he's trying to get it covered through insurances and stuff. He was very interested in coming back and be a part of our show. And next season, for those of you that don't know, we are going to gear that much more towards having a third person on to kind of expand the mind because our tagline is keep our minds open. So excited to have him a part of that. And we will go more in depth into that when he is on the show. But I think the last thing we have to cover is forgiveness. So, yeah, we figured out what the shadow is Mm -hmm. and how to acknowledge it and the triggers and things that we can do to build a relationship with those parts of our shadow. Mm -hmm. One of the hardest things for most people to do Mm -hmm. is this part. And it's forgiveness, Mm -hmm. especially if it was a wound caused by someone else. You have to find a way to let go and forgive within that. You have to. Mm -hmm. It's one of the steps, one of the most important steps. There's so much resistance Mm -hmm. with that one because you're like, how do I forgive? 
Yeah. That. How can I forgive that they did that to me? They wounded me. This is years later and I am still struggling with what this person did to me. I'm doing fucking shadow work right now because of this Mm -hmm. person. The way they treated me affected so many parts of my life and my soul and almost destroyed me. Mm -hmm. And you want me to forgive them? Mm -hmm. That's such a hard pill to swallow. But at the same time, I'm not asking anybody to excuse the harm that was done to you. But you have to do it for yourself. And I promise you that it'll free you from the person who has harmed you. Because if you're still feeling that person and you're still hating that person for what they did to you, you still have a connection with that person. You have an energetic and a soul connection to that person. And until you can forgive them, you cannot release them. That's why forgiveness is such an, you're not forgiving them for them. You're forgiving them for you. So you don't have to hold on to that anymore. Those of you that believe in reincarnation, then Mm -hmm. imagine being reincarnated with that same soul, that same trauma. In my spirituality, that's what I believe in. Mm -hmm. If you don't learn your lessons you are destined to repeat them. Yep. So like what you were saying before, like maybe a woman who has daddy issues, they end up getting into a relationship with somebody that shares those negative qualities, mm-hmm. the damage that their father caused them, like abandonment or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. They seek that out in another man. Mm-hmm. And then they end up in a relationship with that person mm-hmm. and does more damage because they haven't healed that part. They haven't forgiven their father. They haven't let that go. I mean, you end up with generational curses because then you end up showing your daughter yeah. who gets raised by the same man, mm-hmm. then goes out right. and looks for the same man. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's also so powerful to do shadow work mm-hmm. because not only are we breaking it for ourselves, breaking it for our children, mm-hmm. we're breaking it for the other women around us. Mm-hmm. When I was unhealed and something was happening to a friend of mine, I would trauma bond with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wasn't helping them. I was letting them vent and And that's okay too, to support each other, but I wasn't doing it in the right way. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing it in a conscious way. I was just like that motherfucker, Mm -hmm. you know, like really getting into that because I had unhealed trauma within myself too. So now that I've done my work, it's easier for me to help other women. And so that's what ends up happening within that Mm -hmm. construct. It liberates the soul. And forgiveness is a powerful weapon. And I never really understood that until I really started doing shadow work. You right. know? And I understood that. And it'll actually give you your power back and improve your self-worth and your self-esteem. And it heals your nervous system. A lot of women who have been in that cycle, they're on edge all the time, mm-hmm. always in fight or flight. It lowers your stress. It relieves your anxiety and your depression and your hostility. And after you clear it all out and you heal and you forgive and then you release that shadow aspect. Then you have to replenish. That's the last step. You replenish and you rejuvenate through self-love. And you just basically like love the fuck out of yourself. Mm -hmm. I got through that. That was hard, but I feel so much better now and I feel so much empowered. Now there's an empty spot there. So what are you going to fill it with? You need to fill it with alcohol. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Love. I mean, love. Well, if you want to do more shadow work the next day, that's fine. You know. Yeah. At least I didn't say dick. You know, start by incorporating like new healthy habits, things that keep you productive and on your path and keep you elevated. You just dropped like a heavy, toxic part of yourself. And that empty space should be replaced with good, healthy, safe things. And whatever that means to you, mm-hmm. maybe it's allowing yourself to do something that you've never done before mm-hmm. or that you've always been afraid to do. And now that you've released that part of your wound, you're like, oh, I don't have fear on that anymore. Yeah. And maybe you could have an, an alignment 
with what you let go and replace it with something else. I've always had the misconception and very aggressively said, I don't need to forgive to move on. I've always said that. Aggressively said that. Aggressively said that. And I really did believe it until doing this research because I was like, now I'm much happier cutting that toxic parent out of my life. And I don't need to forgive him because he's not sorry. That's the problem where Mm -hmm. I had, where I still have. And I'm glad you mentioned that because Mm -hmm. so many people do that. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I cut that toxic person out of my life Mm -hmm. and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I've grown past that or, oh yeah, I'm I'm done dealing with that. Mm -hmm. But if you're still harboring negative energies towards it yeah you haven't, you haven't a, healed from it having a man be aggressive towards me and causing me to have a panic attack at work mm-hmm. because he reminded me of my dad yeah beating my ass i was there i remember yeah. that and i was just like whoa that's not like omni no at all and you said maybe that's some shadow work you mm-hmm. should work on and, and you, you said were... it so simple and so nicely and i was like you are so right but at the time you were I, fearful of shadow work it wasn't just that i'm scared i just felt overwhelmed by the thought of it because i didn't know where to start right and honestly i felt that way up until really diving into this. And I might have had a part to do with that too. (laughs) I mean, because when I would talk to you about shadow work that I did, I would talk Mm -hmm. to you about big shadow work. I would talk to you about birthing your shadow and working with deities and gods and goddesses to help bring up these very heavy, Mm -hmm. almost upheaval Mm -hmm. of stagnant or toxic shadow energy. Right. Um, Doing real shadow work, like within child self and and things like that. I'm glad we're doing this because this is, you know, reaching out to people and we can go really in depth, but showing that this can be done daily. It can Mm -hmm. be done once or twice a week or whenever you feel enraged or something triggers mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a huge big deal <laughs> you right. know what I mean like right you can work on it you can and, work on it slowly yeah or in small bits and then give mm-hmm. yourself the courage and heal enough to be able to work on the big mm-hmm. bits because sometimes it might come in layers yeah so you work on this one thing and then something triggers you again and mm-hmm. then you work on it again it goes deeper yeah. into it and then something will trigger again you're like oh I feel like I've healed from that and then something else in another way comes at you to test you it's like really are you healed mm-hmm. and then you're like fuck, I'm not healed. (laughs) Like I have to go a little bit deeper. Right. Because sometimes it would be too hard for our psyche to dive all the way down to the core of that problem. Yeah. Unless we're mentally and spiritually prepared. Well, and then also acknowledging that you need to work on stuff and then starting to work on it. And Mm -hmm. then you see how light you feel. Right. And then you're able to have the Mm -hmm. stamina to go deeper. Right. And there's no right or wrong way to. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with counseling. Oh, therapy saved my life 100%. But if you can't afford it and you don't really believe in therapy, I'm telling you right now you can do it by yourself yeah i mean it would be nice if you had afford a friend that could mm-hmm. help you through it or whatever but you don't need that you can do whatever you set your mind to period mm-hmm. you go as deep as you want or stay in the shallow end for as long as you want to yeah but you have to do it because it's good for you and for me i'm just like let's just get it over with like that's <laughs> well i mean i'm just but it's like, crazy like it's always it. like that at first and then when you start doing it it just becomes like second nature to you yeah okay i was kind of talking shit about journals but it's really cool if you could do journals because then you can look back a year from now mm-hmm. or six months from now or five years and be like oh my god who was that person mm-hmm. i was triggered by that right like that's so insignificant like that would never bother me now or the chick that hated kids screaming yeah maybe she's the one talking loud on her cell phone inside of her restaurant and she looks back on that and be like i can't believe i used to have that kind of negative mentality towards people just being happy i know like therapy isn't accessible for everybody but that was a start for me and Mm -hmm. i look back at myself just a few years ago and i'm like oh how much i've grown Mm -hmm. and then doing this research i'm like excited to see Mm -hmm. how much more i grow and then if you're artistic you can do like a sketchbook and oh yeah and sketch your demons and then go back and look and be like, oh, look at that. That demon is not there anymore. It is inside of me 
transformed into an ally. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. All right. That wraps up our season finale of season two. Stay tuned for next season where we will talk about our past, our path, and our present. And remember to keep your minds open. Namaste.